From the peaceful cockpit of the Star Scavenger to the Crystal Jedi Temple, you're listening to Star Scavengers, a LEGO Star Wars podcast with a focus on the Freemaker adventures. I am one of your hosts, Aaron Goins, and I'm here with my co-host, Jonah Marie Macias. Hey, Aaron. How's it going? Pretty good. How have you been? I'm good. I'm excited to talk about all the things that we did over the weekend. I feel like we did a lot of things separately, but we still had fun. <laughs> yes, we've been very busy, so we have some things to talk about. And we also have an episode to review, so we have a lot of things to cover and not a lot of time. So you went to Toronto. I did. And you got and... to see, this isn't like really super Lego related, but you know, we we know... You love Rebels. I love Rebels. We know our listeners probably, some of them love Rebels. So it's yeah. worth it's worth talking about <laughs> because we got a new trailer that came out and you got to see the panel. So I actually am really excited to kind of hear about your experience because I didn't, we haven't really talked since you've been back. So I'm curious to hear how it all went. Yeah. So that was a lot of fun and standing in line was definitely an experience because you got to see all these and I was at the very front too um next standing next to a mall in the Canaan so you got to see all these awesome cosplays and then getting into the actual theater where it took place uh the I mean the energy was just so uh gosh I can't even describe it because there was just so many people who were excited for whatever they're going they were going to show us and they showed us both episodes the season opener for season four and uh we also got a q a portion with dave filoni taylor gray and vanessa marshall and it was hosted by christian blavelt who you're familiar with of course because you you guys used to do that star wars the clone war show i i think that was yeah i think you were part of that right aaron um no i did he used to have a like a live show that he used to do like a video show that was just general geek stuff Mm -hmm. and i did guest on that show a few times so we have worked together and i you know we usually hang out with him up at new york comic-con so actually i didn't even know he was the one that hosted the panel that's really awesome yeah yeah he was the one to do it and uh we learned a lot more in terms of uh i love dave filoni's explanation when it came to the wolves olothal so that's something that we're going to touch on during the maybe like the second half of the season. And I just really liked the whole explanation as like these wolves are more like a force element on Lothal, just like the Bendu is a force element of Adalon. So I, I didn't really think about the force manifesting itself in the form of an animal or something like that. At least that was my interpretation of it. So hopefully we'll learn more as the season progresses when it kicks off in October, October 16 specifically. So mark your calendars. And uh, yeah, the, the just the two episodes were fantastic to start off with um, Mandalore and Sabine's story. It was the best way to go. So it was the same two episodes they screened at Celebration? Well, at Celebration, they only showed us the one episode. We only got the first part because the second the second part wasn't done yet. So the episode we saw at Celebration was just uh, the first half. And then at, at uh, Toronto, they showed us the second half. So there was a conclusion to all of that, what went down at, at Celebration. What? You've seen yeah, more so Rebels I know, than I have? I know. Well, I'm I mad know at you more. now. <laughs> We're done. This episode's over. <laughs> Tell me thinking, everything. I know, I was thinking of telling you, but then I was like, I don't want to spoil it for Aaron. 
That's true. I'd probably rather just wait and see it. Yeah, yeah. It's best to watch it in the moment because a lot of stuff, a lot more stuff goes down. That's oh, really awesome. <laughs> well, that's really cool. But you, like, you were at Dragon Con. Yeah, I did get to go to Dragon Con, um, which was really fun, and I got to be on a Rebels panel myself, which was not quite like Dave Filoni wasn't sitting next to me, but Henry Gilroy was on the panel with me though. That's cool though. He's one of the writers. Right, yeah, and so he and he's been. I think he's like producer, right? Is that his? I title? think so. I I don't remember the exact title, but he's definitely involved in a lot of the creating of the story part of it. Yeah, so he's been involved since the the Clone Wars, uh, show, and he was very heavily involved in that, and then I, and now he's really heavily involved in Rebels, and I actually got to see him at Dragon Con last year, and he talked a lot about Rebels, and so he just he has a lot of. In, insight into you know the production and stuff and so the panel i got to be on um it was him as well as timothy zahn nice who is the writer of thrawn so he had some cool insight in the character of thrawn and i actually had a question that i've been wondering that i got to ask them because i was on the panel so i had that ability um i even kind of strayed away from what the moderator asked because i just wanted to ask my question <laughs> so <laughs> what was your question i'm well, curious well you know you, you know bria right yeah of course yeah so bria was the moderator on the panel and she um asked a question i think it was just kind of about what everyone's favorite episodes were and when mm -hmm. it got to my turn i was like i'm not going to really talk about that i just have a burning question that i need to ask timothy zahn <laughs> and henry gilroy and since they're both here <laughs> so i did end up asking i, I was really curious about thrawn's reaction to the bendu Oh, nice. And how it seemed to be the thing that kind of, um, he just didn't know how to deal with it. Mm -hmm. Whereas everything else he had come up against, he was always like three steps ahead of everyone. Um, and really cool, calm and collected. But then when he came up against Bendu, it was like, he just didn't know how to deal with this, this force entity. So I was kind of curious to hear from their perspective, like if the force is something that he is not, you know, prepared for or something that um, he hasn't prepared for, like other things. And so it was, yeah. they had some really, they had a really good, long, detailed answer to my question, which I was really happy about. You'd think they would, that he would be because of the fact that he studied all of them and he knows about Kanan and he knows about Ezra. So he knows that there's some sort of Jedi devilry as he says right. <laughs> in that episode so yeah i i am intrigued to listen to that episode to that um audio because i know someone who's uploaded it so i'll definitely be tuning in for that oh cool yeah i didn't know if anybody had actually captured the audio so that'll be that'll be cool to when you when you get a hold of it let me know oh for sure I, i'd yeah. like to listen back to to some of it cool and i think that was pretty much it in terms of our own personal experiences yeah, other than Force Friday. Oh, Force Friday. You know, it's funny. I, I spent my whole Friday traveling over to Toronto that I didn't even get a chance to experience uh, Force Friday. But I did when I came back on this earlier this week um, to work. There was this huge box that I had received from Hasbro. And it had all these awesome toys inside of it. And from The Last Jedi, and I'm, I'll probably pick one or two to review, but the others I'm, I'm thinking about donating to either the, uh, the victims of the hurricane 
a Harvey that happened in Texas or some other toy drive just to lift kids' spirits because, you know, I think those toys are best for kids. Yeah, that's yeah, that's really cool. That you man, you don't even have to go out of your house. They just send you toys. I know they they <laughs> sent me. I didn't even realize I was getting that, and and that was very nice of Hasbro. So I'm gonna send them a thank you as well. Um, so uh, here's hoping that the whole toy drive thing happens, and then that way you know some kid gets some cool Star Wars toys in the near future. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I did. I went out for Force Friday, kind of the you know how people go out midnight before yes that's Um, right so i typically try to do that i have a group of friends here that i go out with um and and try to do that event but because i knew i was flying to dragon con the next morning i was like i don't want to be out too late so i had fully planned to just go out to dinner with my friends and then just kind of bail and say hey you know i'm gonna have to go home and get some sleep um so you guys can go do the force friday thing but of course once i'm out there it's hard to kind of pull yourself away yeah (laughs) so i ended up sticking around and doing the you know waiting in line at midnight at toys r us and uh going and getting a few items so but it was fun i didn't get very much sleep at all because i had to fly out i literally had to be at the airport by like 5 a.m the next morning Mm -hmm. so um but i grabbed like typically the pops like the the funko pops or in lego those are the two things that i go after and so what lego sets did you get um i I ended up just getting one because I had just bought the Arrowhead. And yeah, the Arrowhead yeah. was like $90. <laughs> yeah. As you know. <laughs> so I I was like, you know, I just spent $90 on Lego. So let me just find the cheapest set that they have. Um, so I, I got the $30 set, which is, it's like a little resistant shuttle that oh, comes cool. with Finn and Rose, who is the new character from The Last Jedi. Oh, awesome minifig. Yeah, so I got that set. Haven't opened it yet. Haven't built it yet because I'm gonna wait until I finish the 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 um, Arrowhead. But yeah, so I have that set, and then I got um, a Chewbacca pop holding a porg, Aww. which is will, which will be the only porg thing that I buy, and because <laughs> <laughs> everybody else is buying all the rest of it. And, yeah, that's true. <laughs> and then I got Luke Skywalker. Um, so of course, so yep. So it was a it was a fun Force Friday. I kind of like you. I didn't get to really participate in it as much as I wanted to because I was traveling. So once I hit Dragon Con, I just didn't have time to get back out to the stores. Oh, but I did just I think yesterday I ran out to Target just to see if I could find a Hera Black Series, and I did find a Hera, and that is a really awesome uh, figure. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I stayed up to try to pre-order it or order it from any of the websites that were selling it. Um, the only place that was actually um, selling it was uh, Amazon, and it was a pre-order, so I, I won't get it until later. But at least I have it, you know, that it's going to arrive at a certain time. So, yay, I'm excited for that, so that way I can pair her up with Kanan. <laughs> yeah, I don't have Kanan, so I, and I never... What? <laughs> I know, right? I don't typically collect like the action figure stuff when it comes to the collectibles in Star Wars. I tend to, like I said, stick with the pops and the Lego stuff. Mm-hmm. And I haven't bought like a three and three quarters action figure. I mean, I did buy one at Rogue One. I tend to just kind of grab one or two figures for each movie release. Gotcha. But I don't go and buy them regularly. So, um, but this, like the Black Series, They've actually come out with some really cool figures recently, so it's gotten me more interested in in kind of getting some of those. 
and that's why I got Hera. And Hera is such a unique character because she's from the animated series, but this is, you know, the sculpt for her is not in the animated style. Right. So it's a very yeah. unique figure, and I really liked the look of it. So so she's kind of, she's my first Black Series. Uh, nice. So, and now that I have her, I'm like, well, I have to get Kanan. And I don't know how hard he is to find, because I know he's he's been out there for a while, so maybe he might be a little tougher to find uh, on the secondary market. Gotcha. Well, if I spot him, I'll definitely grab him for you. Awesome. Cool. And some other Lego news that popped up was the giant Millennium Falcon set that is available for $800, I think. <laughs> yes. <laughs> They've been teasing this set for a while now, which everybody uh, thought it was going to be the Millennium Falcon. That was a really popular set that they released. I forget when, but there was a, you know, Ultimate Collector Series, I think, is the line. I might gotcha. be getting that wrong, but the the um, that set was really really popular, and it and it got so popular that on the secondary market, it's almost impossible to find without spending a, a ton of money. Mm. Um, even just I had heard this that just the dish that comes like that you the you know the satellite dish that goes on top of the the Millennium Falcon, right? It, it's a unique piece to that that original set that doesn't appear anywhere else and to just buy that one piece in the secondary market is like a hundred dollars oh my gosh <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was a big time collectible um and they decided i think to maybe capitalize on that that everybody's been kind of wanting it and but nobody can buy it because they're all you know all the collectors have hoarded them <laughs> mm. so this is a an, a bigger better version of the Millennium Falcon, which is is now the largest Lego set ever, which I right. forget how many pieces it has, like 7,000 something. I don't even want to think about that because it takes me forever just to do like a, like a thousand piece or less than that. And it's just like, I, I can't, I can't even comprehend that many Lego pieces. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah I, I, originally, because I'm not big into like the, su the, the super high count, sets just because it becomes it goes from being a lego build to being like a model build yeah when you get so that's many right. pieces and such intricate small like you know pieces that all fit together and so i wasn't really that interested in it when i heard it was announced and i was like 800 dollars that's ridiculous i'm never going to spend that much on a lego set i'm not that interested in it anyways because it's too many pieces but then I saw pictures of it. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron, no, you heard, you're supposed to turn away and not look. <laughs> and just the detail in this thing. And then like a friend of mine went to the Lego store and he said it's on display at our Lego store. I haven't been there yet. And he said that once you see it on display, it's, it's like a work of art. And oh, he was describing it to me and saying how long it was. Uh, basically, he said it was longer than like his, you know, his three-year-old child's height. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, he was just saying you have to see it in person um, because it's it really is amazing. So and although I still don't think I would ever buy it because $800 to spend on a Lego set for me, I just can't justify it. But it's still something where I'll probably go and admire it at the Lego store. You know, if they made one of the ghosts, I would buy it. <laughs> yeah, right? So, like, yeah, if you're, if they built, if they made a similar set for the ghost that was kind of to scale and was like a 5,000 piece set that was like 600 bucks, would you buy it? I so would do that because you would? I, 
I've spent that amount of money on on things that haven't that are smaller than that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's fair. You're a true collector. I can't. I there, my my collecting has price limits. Um, <laughs> no matter how much I love a character or a ship, you know there there's uh, definitely some price limits to where I'll go. No, 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 no. And eight hundred is well above mine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just not emotionally attached to Millennium Falcon, so that's why I'm just like, nah, I'm okay, I'm good. But the Ghost, forget it. I, ugh, I, I would totally grab that without any hesitation. <laughs> that would be cool. That would be really cool. I, my, I don't have the Ghost myself, but a friend of mine does at work. Um, and I actually just recently paired up my my Hera minifig and my Kanan minifig to be standing and holding hands on my desk oh, at work because, <laughs> just because I'm, I'm preparing for the rebels. I'm just, I'm afraid bad things are going to happen for these characters. I love how you were like, go away Thrawn. Cause he had Thrawn in the background. <laughs> yeah. Get out of here Thrawn. Although, Oh, if they did a star scavenger uh, set like this, I would totally buy that as well. <laughs> I would love a more detailed star, star scavenger. That was one yes. of the things that, I didn't really like about the original set was that it was too small um, and that it didn't really, it wasn't to scale with the minifigs. Like you mm-hmm. couldn't really, there was nowhere to like put the minifigs in the cockpit or anything like that. So I would love a, a, a larger scale version with a little bit more detail. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be awesome. But I'm still working on the arrowhead. I finished <laughs> bag two. So I'm two bags oh. in. So I guess that means I'm a third of the way through. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you still have a little bit more to go. <laughs> yeah. And so the episode we're going to review is The Pit and the Pinnacle, written by John Banky. So this was a, an emotional episode. I cried <laughs> yeah? watching this episode. Let me guess the moment you cried. <laughs> the moment that you cried was when he was like, when he was standing above the kind of pit thing uh-huh. and he yells out, be a builder. I did. Yeah. <laughs> I nailed it. Yes. You're so good. Yes, I totally cried. And I'm just like, this is Star Wars. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like gross sobbing and crying out. This is amazing. (laughs) Well, it's kind of that like that key phrase for this show. And they haven't said it that much. You know, it's there's been a couple key moments where they they drop that line. So, yeah, it was it was emotional for me to, to hear that as well. I remember I was watching it with my son. And, um, I always, I say that to my son a lot. I use that, that line with my son, like tell him to be a builder. Mm -hmm. Um, and so when that happened, we were watching it together and, and Rowan yells that out. And I looked over at my son, little little misty eyed, like, see, (laughs) see buddy, be a builder. (laughs) Oh, that's so sweet. (laughs) Um, and so the episode starts off with Rowan trying to concentrate and it's too quiet because his siblings are just staring at him and, you know, hoping he can come up with a location to get this crystal that they need for the arrowhead. Yeah, this this scene here, I love how it how it um, continued on where they first they're just kind of looking at him and he's like, can you guys just like do what you normally do? And then <laughs> yes. they just they start just kind of randomly pushing buttons on the console, <laughs> but you can tell they're not actually doing anything. <laughs> right, right, because they're still still aware of <laughs> Rowan and his concentration. <laughs> 
Um, and then at that moment, that's when MOC strikes and attacks them. And that's the right amount of tension that Rowan needed in order for him to figure out where to go next. And I love that he needed that. He just needed tension. <laughs> yeah, the the normal level of kind of uh, Freemaker family tension. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then the emperor is just so fed up with the fact that MOC just keeps failing at his mission. And so he calls him back to eventually show him a video. <laughs> and I just thought that's hilarious because of course you're going to use this method to retrain your, your, you know, personal projects. <laughs> He shows him the master Cantu video, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, who so, recorded this? <laughs> what, yeah. <laughs> Apparently, it's a video that's just out there. It must be in a holocron somewhere that the emperor stole. Yeah, yeah, it was. He was using a holocron, actually. Okay. Um, <laughs> but the emperor is still at this point. It's funny to me that he still thinks the Kyber Saber is a thing. Like, it's still out yeah. there. <laughs> you know, he's, he's still chasing this thing that's been melted down. <laughs> I love that because it, that's his, every time he mentions it, I'm just like, it's not, it's not there anymore. And I love that MOC has not picked up on it or has informed him that, you know, Rowan doesn't seem to have it in his possession. Um, so yeah, it's just this running thing where it's just, Hey, it, it doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> right. At the same time, you have MOC who asks for a tracker to be able to find the Freemakers, but Vader keeps not approving the order. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the rivalry continues. The um, I liked a couple of the lines here I thought were really good. When the Emperor asks MOC, how's the weather on Qualadon? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I thought it was a really good line, considering the how the weather actually is on Qualadon. Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, you have the Freemakers who have now crash-landed onto this planet because they lost their stabilizer fin. And I love that as it was crashing, actually, it made this trail. And you saw all of the kyber crystals that were embedded into the dirt. And it was just such a beautiful shot every time they showed the kyber crystals in, on, you know, in the landscape. Yeah, it was a really cool thing about this planet, which I don't think we ever get a name for this planet. No, we don't. But it was it was a very cool thing about the landscape where it seemed like everything, the, the soil, the rocks, and then even when you get to the temple and the walls, like everything like there's just crystals embedded everywhere. Yeah. Um and I remember when they first landed on the planet thinking like, "Oh my goodness, look at all these kyber kyber crystals." the Jedi must not know this planet exists because otherwise they would have like, you know, taken these crystals and like used them for lightsabers or stored them somewhere. So that was my initial thought. Obviously I was way wrong because they actually have a temple on this planet. But originally when they first landed there, I was like, Oh, this must be a, a planet that, you know, et, or that Rowan found, but the Jedi are not aware of. Right. Right. <laughs> um, I found it interesting that most of the time when we've seen kyber crystals, they've always been in areas that have been cold, like Ilum was on the icy planet and whatnot, and the Lothal Jedi Temple was in the, like near the north 
part of Lothal because there was a lot of snow in the area. So, yeah, in this planet, it was just, you know, just your standard greenery and, and whatnot. But no no snow or cold or anything of that nature there. Yeah, I guess I never put that. I never really thought about that, that cold planets would be the ones where you'd find the kyber crystals. I kind of just figured you'd be able to find them anywhere. Yeah, it makes sense that, you know, your your theory about them being able to find anywhere, that makes more sense. But yeah, I, for some reason, I've connected them to cold environments. <laughs> huh. Yeah, I guess that they do tend to show up there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then Rowan and Cordy, you know, take up the task of finding the crystal that they need for the arrowhead while Xander and Roger fix up the star scavenger because it's all beat up. <laughs> the poor thing, I feel like, gets beaten up all the time. Yeah, they're putting that ship through a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and, and there will be more to come for it, as we know. But, yeah, when they crash landed, it literally did flips. It does. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I love how it bounces. Like that's something totally Lego because in in you know movies and and other shows it just really just crashes and there's just no repairing of it. <laughs> right. Although I'm pretty sure if you took your Star Scavenger Lego set and tried to imitate the crash landing, it probably would break apart. Oh, it would. <laughs> it, it, it wouldn't would. bounce unless you crazy clued it. <laughs> right. The craggle. Uh, the craggle. Yeah. <laughs> And then I, I love the conversations that Cordy and Rowan have as they go about finding this crystal or the fin stabilizer fin because, you know, he's worried that MOC is something that they can't beat. And if they do beat them, then the Emperor is just going to send something else um, after them. And, uh, you know, Rowan is afraid of the fact that the dark side just doesn't stop. But then you have Cordy who's like constantly being positive while also being being realistic of the situation so uh, i really love that elder the older sister advice and approach to to rowan yeah they they maybe have the best sibling relationship in all of star wars these characters oh gosh yeah that's so true it's such a good example of like how to treat your family yeah, they're actually a functional family and not a dysfunctional yeah. family. Other than the fact that their parents are gone and we have no idea why. Um, yeah, they're pretty, you know, they're a nice little family unit that they've they figured out how to kind of be their own family without their parents, obviously. But they just, they treat each other so well and they're they're always there to kind of support each other and, and back each other up when they need. So, yeah, I, I love that about these guys. Yeah, yeah. And... Uh, they do find a stabilizer fin, which is awesome because they could go about repairing the rest of the Star Scavenger. But then Rowan senses, senses something familiar with this area, and he finds a cave that leads into this Jedi ancient Jedi temple. Yeah, and it was so cool to see a Jedi temple again. It is, and I love all the carvings and all of the um, like motifs that they have around the the walls and whatnot and yeah i just find it so beautiful all of these ancient places yeah and the way that this temple was like i had kind of mentioned it earlier where all the crystals are kind of embedded mm-hmm. in the the walls and the floor and everywhere so like you can tell that when they built when they originally built this they used the you know the stone and the earth from the planet to build the temple and then that and that shows in the construction with all the crystals kind of 
being embedded in everything. Yeah. Such a cool idea. Like I never would have thought of that as, you know, you, you walk into a Jedi temple and literally the walls are just covered in kyber crystals. Yeah. Yeah. I really love that about this place. And at the same time, you have Roger and Xander repairing the ship and they start to hear noises in the background. And of course, Xander doesn't hear them at first. And I love that Roger makes fun of him and his, you know, human hearing. <laughs> yeah. and, and it turns out that it's a Minoc of all things. Yeah, Minocs are creepy too. Those are, There's... see, those are much creepier than the Ranat. I was thinking about that. Because <laughs> so I knew, between I knew Rana... it was going to come up. I was like, she's going to ask me. <laughs> yes. So between a Rana and a Minoc, what would you say is creepier? I was trying to decide because I knew this question was going to come up. <laughs> I don't know. It's pretty even. I mean, Minocs are creepy. They look really creepy in Empire Strikes Back, um, but their Lego form is pretty creepy too. Yeah. Um, but I feel like Rainats are a little bit more intelligent, so they they would be, you know, if they're coming trying to get at me, they'd, they'd be a little bit smarter about it. That's true, and I guess you'd have to have technology on you for Minox to harm you. Yeah, I feel like I could just outsmart a Minox or get away from it or just go inside the ship. I but. guess. <laughs> <laughs> but it's still very close, very close, but Raynats are still scarier. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that um, as Xander saves Roger, um, Roger also realizes that he's there because of Xander and the others. So he, I love that. He says my emotional processors are registering, are <laughs> registering mixed signals. <laughs> right. Yep. Great. great and and it, it got me thinking, I'm like emotional processors. Okay. So that's what droids have that allows them to feel and whatnot. <laughs> and it just got me into this whole thought process of droids and how they function just from that one line. <laughs> They're programmed to mimic emotion, right? I think so. I mean, it's never really clear. And I haven't really di you know, dived into that sort of information to start thinking about it in depth. But yeah, that just got me thinking about droids in general and that, you know, having an emotional processor. Yeah, Star Wars has handled droids in an interesting... They're an interesting thing in the Star Wars universe because... You do the they the like C three PO and R two D two in the original trilogy, they seem to be as emotional as any other character. You know they don't act like just a, a machine, although there are plenty of droids in those movies that do just act like machines. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So you it's like certain ones seem to matter more than others, I guess. And um, I don't know. It it is a very weird thing, but you just we've we've seen Star Wars so much and there's so and for so many years. That I think it's just kind of normal for it, but you do, if you start to think a little bit into it, you're like, wait, why are why is this droid completely expendable and we don't care about it? But then, like, if R two D two died, we'd all like cry, right? You know, but they're all just machines, <laughs> so it's yeah. They've found a way to to get us invested in these characters, even though they're just uh, wires and metal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they give them all these qualities that you can definitely see in organic beings and that's why you're like oh gosh no i don't want chopper to get you know harmed in this episode where they took over the chopper so yeah it's 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 interesting how you view them even though they're just you know just bolts and 
nuts and bolts. <laughs> yeah, because for me, like Roger's just as important part of the crew as anybody else. And like, I mean, I'd be very sad, you know, if if that character was no more. I know, same. Yeah. And every time he loses his head, I always get scared. <laughs> <laughs> Stop you losing your head, Roger. Um, and then, so you have Rowan um, and Cordy approaching this grand entrance of this temple. And I love that when, as they try to figure out this riddle of sorts on the, uh, that's carved onto the wall, um, uh, Rowan figures out that he has to use the force and I love the whole turning method that they have to unlock the door and then you see the Jedi symbol on the floor yeah that was amazing and it brought back memories of of rebels when they did were... it yeah definitely because when they were trying to access the the Jedi temple I believe the first time that that Ezra oh, and Kanan, fun. how they have to work together to spin it so the entrance appears. Oh, that's right. And then when Ezra and Darth Maul were uh, trying to access that, that I guess, I don't remember if it was like a temple, but it was like a dark side temple. Mm-hmm. And they were, they remember they both had to use the force at the same time to lift, like one would have to lift the door while the other one got in and then they let down the door and they had to keep doing that. Right, that's right. Like kind of these these contraptions, you know, to kind of enter these places. So I liked that this Jedi Temple was kind of keeping with that consistency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They like their tricks. <laughs> yeah, they, don't, they don't want just anybody to be able to walk into their temples. You know, they have to. <laughs> you have to be able to figure it out, and usually you have to be able to use the Force and be worthy. Right. <laughs> um. And so the Minox keep attacking the poor Star Scavenger. And, you know, I never really connected it before, but I didn't know that Minox were these, um, like, they suck the energy out of technology. I didn't realize that when I first watched Empire Strikes Back. And I hadn't really read any material or watched them again to figure out that detail until this episode i'm like oh okay that's why han didn't want them hanging around the millennium falcon <laughs> i yeah. get it now <laughs> yeah i think he, i think he says something about them like chewing on the power cables or something in empire right, strikes back I just, it never really connected with me at the time yeah yeah <laughs> so uh and then i think at one point they shoot out one of the um, the Minox and I think it, that causes some sort of explosion with the Kyber crystals so that's another thing like yeah I know Kyber crystals are are um, powerful in that you know if you were to shoot at one at least a big giant one it would somehow revert that energy and shoot it back at you um, but I didn't really think of them as explosive <laughs> yeah this is the first time we're seeing that I think and so it is an interesting concept because it's almost like, um, you, know, you know how the show is not really canon, but they try to stay within the rules of Star Wars. Right, So it's yeah. kind of like, well, if they were going to introduce the idea of explosive kyber crystals, I almost felt like they would have introduced it in a canon source first and then have it carry over into this. So it is, it is very interesting because that seems to be a pretty important detail about kyber crystals. Right, right. And we have seen them explode and cause massive destruction. I mean, with the um, the Crystal Crisis on Utapau animatics episodes from Star Wars The Clone Wars, that thing exploded and it took out, I forget what it took out with it, but we also saw it in season one of Clone Wars when Kanan and Hera were attacking that 
a shipment of kyber crystals for what was supposed to be, you know, for the Death Star. And yeah, that that took out that almost took them out. So yeah, I, I like I just didn't really, you know, connect the dots until this episode really laid it out for you and said, Hey, these are explosive, be careful. <laughs> Yeah, I guess, yeah, you're right about those those examples. So, yeah, I guess maybe we should have seen it coming. It yeah. just seemed like these <laughs> little ones were a little bit more volatile than, you know, those the other examples are kind of like, um, you know, if, if there's some kind of a direct blast that kind of explodes them, then they enhance, you know, they're, they're, they make it kind of a bigger blast. Mm-hmm. But for these little ones that just, they kind of like, it was almost... It was almost like if one set off, then it was like this chain reaction, you know, and they all kind of just set off like little firecrackers. Yeah, they did. They looked like firecrackers. That's what it was. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then you have um, Cordy and Rowan moving on to like the next trial. And it's this area where there's just like this amount, a lot of heat underneath them. And it's just like a geyser of sorts. Um, and so they're trying to get to this hole all the way at the top. And I love that they keep building, they keep using the uh, materials around them to try to build a ladder and it just keeps not working. And so they just, they just end up falling the whole time. Yeah. Another example of, of Lego minifigs in this universe being able to survive gigantic falls. Yeah, I know. They were, <laughs> they were like hundreds of feet in the air and then they just fell and they're like, oh, let's get back up and do this again. <laughs> that's right yeah <laughs> she, but she did have the bruises to prove it <laughs> according to her <laughs> right yeah now i don't feel oh. so bad for the like the imperial officers that get tossed off of the top of buildings oh no, no yeah. they, they're fine <laughs> um but but then cordy keeps on being positive even though she's realistic about the whole you know, we could potentially die here. Um, she's definitely still being supportive of the of Rowan in the situation that they found themselves in. And I think that gives Rowan the boost that he needs to be able to, you know, really clearly think things through. And, you know, he starts to block the holes and stand at the center where finally he's able to shoot himself up and her up to that exit that they needed to get to. Yeah, pretty clever use there, where he you know plugs all the holes with the the build the little mini builds. Yeah, um, the I thought it was a really cool detail that they had these like ancient Lego bricks that yes. like, looked like they were worn on the edges and they were almost like stone looking, but they still were very much Lego bricks. I thought it was just a really cool detail. It added a lot to the the feel of the temple. And the and when he starts to do that the whole walking up the stairs thing like those three bl- bricks were made out of stone and I like didn't really catch it until the second time around and I thought that was such a cool detail and and then I think the sound effect really added on to the fact that these are made of stone and yeah it was just genius on their part genius genius <laughs> every time i see that word or hear that word i always think of roger <laughs> yep me too uh i think we kind of went past it but i just wanted to point it out the scene where the minox were flying in to like the setting sun oh um, yeah where there <laughs> was it looked exactly like that scene from uh, the force awakens trailer where the they have the setting sun and the tie fighters are flying in kind of really? right at you 
not pick up on that. Yeah, it's like look back or go back and watch that scene again. But as soon as I saw it, I was like, that is that has to be a direct call back to that that scene. <laughs> in the That's <trailer>. awesome. <laughs> um, and yeah, so they end up having to use Roger, poor Roger, as a lure to get the Minox away from the Star Scavenger long enough for Xander to make the repairs that they need. And I love that they were giving him all of these upgrades. And I thought that would be a cool minifig. <laughs> I thought the same thing. Yay! <laughs> I thought I was the only one that like pointed out, like, oh, look, this this would be a cool custom minifig. <laughs> See, I'm wearing off on you. Um, <laughs> but no, yeah, with the rocket pack and those like wings and stuff, I was like, oh, somebody's got to make that. Um, <laughs> somebody's got to make that custom minifig. And, um, and so they end up having to... Um, Rowan and Cordy, they end up having to get to this area where it basically tells them that um, each lesson of the Force is a step that builds upon itself. And and Rowan figures out that he needs to uh, just take it one step at a time. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he makes it to the top and then he finds the, the, the holocron. Right, because he thought it was actually the crystal that they needed. Right. So it was like a sad, disappointing moment for him. <laughs> but we get the scene with Master Cantu yes. um, kind of speaking to him through the holocron, which is really cool. And you see, like, above him, through the kind of opening in the top, you see the, the moon that had been destroyed, kind of right. still, like, all falling apart. Which at the time, I thought it was part of the hologram. But then later on in the episode, you see them flying away, and you can see that. Am I wrong? Oh, about you that? thought it was. Oh, you thought it was part of the hologram. No, I knew. I knew when they they zoomed out. I knew that that was the actual planet, and my mind blew in that moment. My, oh my gosh, I was just like, oh man, this is where Master Cantu put together the the Kyber saber, and this is where he destroyed that moon. And oh man, my my mind was blown, Aaron. Like you don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> my mind was not blown until the second viewing because I didn't put it all together the first time. <laughs> I just thought that you know it was part of the hologram that you're seeing the the split planet and he's or the split moon, and he's kind of warning Rowan of the dangers of it, and it would make sense that he'd be warning him with like an image of the moon. Um, it was a happy coincidence that Rowan just happened to find the the the, um, the holocron and view it at the right angle that he could see that up through the window. But <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it, and it wasn't until the second viewing that I caught the fact that when they flew away from the planet that they were actually on the planet uh, that the moon was next to. Right. So. so yeah, I was like, oh, that's so cool because that means that this is the planet that Master Cantu was on, and like I was putting it all together. I was a little slower than you. <laughs> and then um yeah so he learns that he can build with kyber crystals so sort of like master Cantu did with that kyber saber and uh he's warned that you know with this power comes a lot of responsibility essentially and this sort of turns them off from the idea of building that that kyber crystal that they need for the arrowhead because what if it ends up in the hands of the emperor what if you know someone else gets a hold of it and again that whole dark side and the the galaxy and all of the evil that it has to it kind of 
um, shrouds over him and he starts to um, wither a bit into the corner. And I love that's when Cordy comes in and starts to, you know, remind him that, yeah, there's evil, but you have to stand up to it because if, if they don't, then no one else will. And, oh, gosh, that hit me so, so much. <laughs> Yeah, and Rowan's such a good kid. Like, he's worried about these things. You know, even at the young age that he's at, he's not just getting all caught up in the excitement of, you know, becoming a Jedi and let me use as much power as I can possibly use. Um, he's actually concerned about the consequences, which is pretty rare. Yeah. For, uh, you know, for someone that young. Mm-hmm. And, and then she tells him, you know, what was the last thing that Jack told you? And that, oh, man, I'm, I'm sad that we haven't seen Jack up, you know, or, or haven't heard of him up until now. But it was such a great moment to drop his name because you're instantly reminded of what he learned, which is to be a builder. And then that's what he ends up saying and doing in that moment. Yep. Ah, so powerful. That was such a beautiful scene. It it really was, and I I was watching it knowing that you were. I was like, "Yep, Jonah's gonna really like this part." <laughs> and the music, it was just so good, Aaron. <laughs> God. <laughs> oh, and so they end up finally bringing the stabilizer fin as well as the crystal itself on top of it. It's sitting on top of that fin. And they managed to repair the last bit of the Star Scavenger. And you have Roger flying off in a distance saying how no one's going to know that you know, <laughs> the sacrifice that he's made. <laughs> yes, that that was a laugh out loud moment for me. Yes. Because they, they, <laughs> he just he sounds so defeated like this is the end. Yes. No one's going to know the it. sacrifice I made. And then they, they all just like encompass him. Like, oh, that's the end of Roger. He died by Minoc. <laughs> oh, man. But, you know, they end up rescuing him because he is he is a freemaker. And so they, they've got his back. And I love that Xander, you know, says that we appreciate you anyway, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's pretty much the end of it because then they head back to the rebellion and they're proud to say that their little brother built this and this is what's going to complete the arrowhead yes yeah this is probably one of my favorite episodes of the season just because i really love you know i love the one where they went to the jedi temple uh you know the tower of alistair nor i think was that what it's yes, called that's I, what it was. You know, I really like that with the jedi temple there and then you know them visiting another jedi temple um i swear rowan has found more jedi temples than luke skywalker has Yes. <laughs> and then the one that Luke finds, you're like, this is this is where Jedi used to have a settlement. What? I don't understand. <laughs> Cuz the one in Force Awakens is supposed to be a Jedi there's supposed to be Jedi remains there, right? Yeah, I think it's supposed to be like the first Jedi temple or something. Or at least that's what Han Solo said that Luke was seeking out. Ah, uh, gotcha. Um and I know in the I know there's been some stuff in in the you know the novels and comics and stuff I believe where Je where Luke has come across uh, sites or Jedi temples and stuff. So, but it's just funny to me that it seems like Rowan is is having just as much success, if not more success, in kind of finding <laughs> the secrets of the Jedi than Luke ever did. Yeah, poor Luke. 
They just need to team up. Yeah, yeah, they do. They do need to team up. And so I'm excited to see and talk about, you know, future episodes. But man, this episode was definitely a favorite of mine as well. Yes. Cool. So I guess that's it. We should start wrapping up. All right. Did you already say the next episode? Oh, yeah, that's right. The next episode. So the next episode we're going to talk about is Flight of the Arrowhead. So now that they've got it completed, we can finally see it take flight. That's like a spoilery title there. I know, right? You know, we know Now we know it's going to fly. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to reviewing that episode. Um, but until then, we can wrap up this episode. So you can find all of our episodes um, on iTunes. You can also leave us a review over at iTunes. If you listen to our shows and you enjoy it, we'd love for you to head on over to iTunes and leave us a nice five-star review. You can leave us or you can find us on Facebook uh, facebook.com slash star scavengers twitter at star scavengers and you can shoot us an email star scavengers at gmail.com and all of our episodes are on our website www.starscavengers.com and until next time be a builder <laughs> and don't mess with the freemakers are you crying right now i am <laughs> <laughs> no no be a builder but, Man, this the, when I was doing my last Lego build, I was talking about Star Wars Rebels and Kanan and Ezra, and I actually started crying to the point where I was like, okay, I'm going to change the topic. Because, <laughs> man, those two characters get me very emotional. <laughs> yeah, the trailers, get, they always hit me hard, the trailers do. Oh, man, so with this so Rebels good. trailer, when they released it, like I didn't get to watch it in all of its wondrous glory until later because... When it first got released, I didn't have the patience to wait until I was somewhere uh, where I could like pull it up on a big screen and listen to the audio. So I literally just pulled it up on my phone in the loud uh, Dragon Con. And so I'm just like, all right, I'm just going to watch the visuals. And even just watching the visuals, I'm getting like goosebumps and I'm getting a little teary eyed. I'm like, no, they're going to kill Kaden. Ah. <laughs> oh, God. I don't know. I feel like, yeah, that's where they're pointing to, but I. I just I I have faith on these in these creators that maybe they're gonna go somewhere different. It's just gonna be just as emotional and impactful. But I don't I hope they don't go through that route because there's just so many things that they can do with these characters, um, you know. And they don't have to be Jedi. And I this is a point that I actually wanted to. Um, I don't know who was it that brought up this question to Henry Gilroy, but I think at some point he said that you know. Kanan and Ezra, the way that they define themselves as Jedi doesn't mean that, you know, others, the the, the the whole Jedi thing, they're kind of different. And I didn't really think about that because we're, we're trying to see them in the, the way that the Jedi Order had, you know, had all these policies and principles and whatnot. But they're really not Jedi in the sense, in that sense. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. And I, and I don't think that, you know, a lot of people say that, well, Luke can only be, he can be the only one. And, you know, he is the, the hope for the galaxy. And if these other Jedi were around, then he wouldn't be the last, you know, of the Jedi. But I kind of agree with you. I think that, you know, this is a humongous galaxy with, you know, countless planets there's no reason why a Jedi couldn't decide to kind of get away from the the core from, of what was happening exactly. in the galaxy. And saying, yeah. like, I do think, though, I do think that part of 
Ezra's journey and part of why we won't see him, you know, in the original trilogy stuff is because of the loss of Kanan. Oh, that that's see that that makes sense. I, I totally get that. But at the same time, I'm just like, please don't kill Kanan, please. Yeah, I mean, I guess they could do it in a way where maybe something really tra- traumatic happens, but he still survives, and then that is the catalyst for like Ezra being like, hey, you know, we we are better off, or the galaxy is better off if me and you kind of go off to you know this you know, whatever, walk the middle with Ben Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Like I, I do fear though that because we've seen Hera now a couple times, um, you know, post return of the Jedi. Well, I guess we've seen her now. We know that she's in rogue one. And with Freemakers. Yeah. And that era. And we see her in the Freemaker era. So, which is after, um, empire. And then we see her, you know, spoilers if i leave this in but we see her at the end of <laughs> the the final episode of freemaker adventures where she's actually on the on endor yeah that's right yeah so and she's you know she's on endor by herself she's not on endor with kanan you know you, <laughs> and you would think that they would still be around around each other together so i don't know i do feel like kanan is going to die um, <laughs> that's gonna be my prediction if i'm throwing out predictions for episode or for season four is that uh, Kanan will die and Ezra will not, but he will kind of go off and kind of decide to not be a part of the the larger conflict. Right. And um, I remember thinking, I really want a, a you know, conclusion and closure for for these characters, and, and especially Ezra. And then I forget, it was Jeremy from my other podcast who was like, well, you know... Th- what if he does survive and and what then i mean then you'd want more stories of him right and i thought damn it that's true <laughs> because then there's the potential of him dying someplace else or dying in some other story and then i'd have to wait to find out more and oh gosh the just i just want to know like the you know all of these characters and how far they're going to go into the future <laughs> Yeah, I think I'd be completely fine with if Ezra survives and, yeah. they, and he kind of goes off into, you know, the outer region or whatever and kind of goes and does his own thing. Um, if he does just kind of fade away and, you know, maybe find some happiness and, you know, find some small village or something that he can help out and kind of just find happiness in that way. And that's the last we kind of hear of him, you know. Yeah, that makes me sad, but it also makes me happy. <laughs> <laughs> He'll find some nice girl. He'll settle down. (laughs) Oh, man. And there's quite a few that has shown up in, like, the Star Wars Rebels comics magazine. And um, I'm just like, oh, they look so cute together. And even with Leia, I thought he looked cute with Leia. And I'm just like, dang it. She she ends up with Han. She's off limits. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, this sucks. (laughs) Or Ezra becomes Snoke. No! Oh, God, I hate that theory. But then Snoke is already, uh, we found out that he's not human, right? I don't know. I've I've really been trying to, like, not look too much into stuff for The Last Jedi. Oh, okay, then. I feel like there's too much information out there, so I'm like, I don't, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. So I think I it was just brought up in conversation with Pablo. That's why I think I recall that. But no, he's not. He's not Snoke. I oh, I agree. I think it's I think it's a silly theory. I just think it's, it's funny. It's so silly. So silly. People come up with the most ridiculous <laughs> theories, but yeah, it's not going to happen. <laughs> 